always, new dad, Corey Smith. Corey, my man, how is fatherhood treating you? Uh, I will say this. When I became a father in February, we were just about to hit our quarantine, and there was no sports on. So lucky for you, uh, yes, you do have a young one around, but you can, during nap times, dabble over to the TV and uh, see what's going on. So how's that treating you? Uh, dude, it could not be better. Uh, had a little girl, Amelia. Uh, she's healthy. She's happy. Mom's doing well. Everybody's uh, everybody's great um, so far. And uh, so we're enjoying it. I actually just had a conversation a minute ago. And, uh, you know, we were talking about that dreaded age when the kids want to start watching cartoons and stuff. And I said, uh, maybe if I just don't ever have anything but sports on, then she just won't ever know that there's anything but sports on TV. It's not a bad, not a bad then I'll just. I'll just tell her that we're, you know, when she goes to her friend's house and sees cartoons, I'll just be like, sweetie, we're too broke to afford that. We can't, uh, well, we can afford a sports. And then yeah. all she'll ever know is sports. And hey. uh, maybe, maybe that'll work out for me. We'll, we'll give it a go. Hey, that's not, not a bad plan at all. At least uh, starting out, I know that uh, my son, Franklin, he has really enjoyed the colors on the screen. So, hey, that's a part you can use. It, uh, lots of colors in sports. We'll find some colors we like, hopefully red, white, and blue for America, uh, for our Atlanta Braves who are getting ready to fire it up this afternoon. And, uh, and you know, we'll find some uh, we'll find some teams she likes and hopefully be able to keep that dialed in. But other than, uh, other than uh, fatherhood, a whole lot going on in sports right now. Obviously, because of COVID, uh, the quarantine, everything getting backed up. Um, it's been kind of nuts with football, baseball, basketball, golf, tennis, all this stuff going on at one time. Um, so, uh, how you been doing the last couple of days? You been cashing? Hey, uh, I actually had to dig myself out of a pretty steep hole there two weeks ago. I had a two bad back-to-back days on Saturday and Sunday. So, slowly chipping away. You know how that goes. You don't want to, um, let me say, you know, I mean, you'd love to get it all back, but you know how the gambling world works, and it's going to take some time. But we chipped away this past weekend. We're slowly but surely getting getting back in the grain. I know uh, you mentioned the Braves. They're uh, you just told me you fired off a few picks. They're trying to close out their series with the Marlins here uh, here today. Which any thoughts on that? Yeah. So you know, it's it's. Um... I kind of went back and forth on this one. And obviously by the time this goes out, probably this game will be over. So we'll see how it works out. But, you know, we're going to get Sixto Sanchez today, young prospect from the Marlins. I know last time we faced him, we actually roughed him up a little bit, four in runs, three innings, took him out. That was his last start. And so now we roll out the ball against him again. I, I kind of worry a little bit about us early. Um, and so I kind of stayed off the Braves. I've been playing the Braves first five money line and the run line the last couple of days. That's worked out well. Um, but I think I'm going to have to avoid that today. What I ended up going with is first five under four and a half runs total. Um, I think it's going to be a slow start. Hopefully Kyle Wright is going to be our opener. I don't know how long he's going to go. But hopefully Kyle Wright can settle in and keep him off the board for a few innings. And uh, and then I took full game money line Braves 135. I think that, you know, we've been 190, 200 the last couple of days, and I don't think that the drop-off of starting pitching is that drastic. And obviously I think our bullpen's better than theirs. Um, so I don't think it's that drastic of a drop off to see us drop from 190 to 135 on the money line. So I think there's some value there. So I took Braves full game money line minus 135, and I took uh, under four and a half runs for the first five innings. I will say I'm I'm pretty invested. Uh, I have a hefty uh, future on the Braves to win the World Series uh, at I think I got them at like 40 to one maybe. Um, I think it's lower than that now, but. Uh, I got a pretty steep um, investment on the Braves to win the World Series. I, I highly doubt I'm going to get to see that through or hedge that out. 
Uh, but I actually kind of took a fun um, parlay right at the beginning of these divisional series. Uh, and I have the Astros, the Rays, the Braves, and the Dodgers to all win their series. Um, and so I'm playing that out for like to win like 25 units. So hopefully the Braves can close one leg out of that out today and then we'll sweat their other three today and tomorrow. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's my picks on the Braves. You going to get involved? I, I potentially will. I wanted to take a step back before we look forward here. Uh, I know we're more football-based. Um, I, I had one baseball pick this whole postseason. It was the over eight and a half with the Yankees in Tampa. Uh, two nights ago, easy cash. So, that's all my baseball. So, I'm batting 1,000 1, uh, when it comes to baseball in the playoff pick. So, there you go. I'm going to stay hot. Stay that'll hot. Get you in the hall of, that will you get you get, in the Hall of Fame, buddy. Got that right. Uh, looking back, though, uh, past weekend, we had some – Football-wise, I'll say some of our best calls, and you were all over Coastal Carolina. I remember uh, your wife's about to give birth, and you text me and said, take Coastal Carolina now, money line. <laughs> it was like a peak, peak degenerate. And you know what? That was a uh, rocking chair bet. They were at they, – and they were at Coastal Carolina's a good football team. Uh, yes, they are. Yeah, for Stephen Barry mentioned it. It's sad that you got, like, these teams that haven't played but Coastal sitting there, I think they're four and zero, three and zero, and they have looked really good. And they can't even get can't even get a vote to be in the top twenty five. That that may be the only time that a Coastal Carolina team gets a gets a chance to get in the top twenty five. They could run the table in a normal year and still not get a look at being in the top twenty five. So I think they should put that team in. Then we were, we both uh, were on the Cyclones of Iowa State out of Ames, which we were dying to get to one day. But they were uh, they were a good. That was a just a fun. Fun football game to so that was a wild ride, huh? And be invested in, but also we were on the money line on that one too. So those were, I'd say, both of our top plays this past weekend. But uh, that, uh, I think that Ohio, that excuse me, Iowa State Oklahoma game is going to lead to a few things. We talked about the Red River Shootout. We'll still call it shootout, not rivalry uh, here this weekend. Um, but I think Iowa State. I went head for the football season. I wish we would have gotten that future on the win the Big Twelve because they're sitting pretty right now. I think they they run the table. They went there. I mean, they're undefeated in the Big Twelve right now, but I think they run the table and uh, take uh, take on whoever in Dallas. Who who knows now? I think they're sitting on top with Oklahoma State in the Big Twelve. But uh, that'd have been a nice future to get our hands on before the season kicked off. Agree. I think another one that uh, I was heavy on Saturday, which I they made me sweat. It ended up not being that close, but Bama first half. I actually got it at eight and a half early, and I think it ended up going off at ten and a half or eleven, something like so that. So I got it eleven um, right before kickoff. So I think, oh yeah, we all sweated that. We were, I remember, oh. we were in group text sweating that too after it got fourteen, <laughs> fourteen. Like there's no chance. But boy, talk about an explosion! It ended up being thirty-five, fourteen at halftime, and it ended up actually not even being close until the last couple minutes. Um, yeah, you want to talk about a wild ride? So I actually, I had Swiss skydiver uh, in the Preakness who went off at twelve to one. Uh, got pretty heavily <laughs> invested by accident there. Uh, and that happened at the exact same time. I'll blame that one on pre-workout. Uh, yeah. That happened at the exact same time as the Bama first half. And, boy, that was a major unit swing, uh, no pun intended, for me in about uh, 20 minutes in that second quarter of the Bama game. And then, obviously, the Philly Swiss, Swiss skydiver going off at 12-1, to pulling out the Preakness. Um, but I thought they were two of my best bets. I'll tell you – Another one of my best bets, and you mentioned Stanford. Steve said this: we we just need to we just need to take half our bankroll and just bet it against Kansas every week until we lose. Yep. I remember we texted, we all texted right before the early game started Saturday about is, doesn't Oklahoma State minus twenty and a half kind of stink a little bit? Like what's going on there? Took that 
47 to seven. It wasn't even close. They beat them, beat them with their backup quarterback. Um, so I thought that was pretty sharp. But one of my worst bets. Um, also, shout out Boston College. I love that team. I'm probably going to ride that team all year until they absolutely bury me. But it'll be all right. Um, but uh, one of my worst bets I thought in a long time. Uh, was I put Texas in a lot of multiples. Mm. Um, te- mm. Texas ruined two or three parlays or teasers for me. Uh, I had Texas, uh, you know, to, to cover, I think, nine and a half. Uh, they're just terrible, man. They can play no defense. Um, you know, it, their team is basically can Sam Ellinger bail out the defense and, and win games. Uh, and clearly that's not going to be the case this year. Um, but I thought Texas was a terrible pick. Um, I also, uh, late in the evening, got involved with Clemson first half and then Clemson second half and Clemson third quarter and Clemson burned me. So I'll just go back. I'll just go back to hate betting Clemson and Auburn every week. I will not get involved with them anymore. Um, but, uh, I thought that was a couple of my, uh, worst calls over the weekend. And then we moved on to Sunday and buddy, it was a bloodbath. Yeah. Well, that's part of the course. It's another Sunday in our books. Just, just, uh. You know, classic GPS financial strategy operating procedure, which is cash on Saturday and give it all back plus some on Sunday. Um, I actually had a, a shocking uh, fight to get just back above even um, on Sunday evening, uh, but then the Falcons just absolutely kicked me right in the crotch yep. uh, on, on Monday night. Uh, that'll probably be the last time I ever bet on the Falcons uh, in my entire life. Uh, and interesting conversation. We can just go ahead and have it on the pod here. It may be the last time I pull for the Falcons. Uh, you know, fatherhood has got me thinking a lot, and uh, it just makes me wonder, why would I make my daughter have to be subjected to the pain of being a Falcons fan? And I'm going to talk here for a second, and, and I know there's some Falcons fans who listen, but here's the deal. Why do we subject ourselves every week and every year to the pain they subject on us? My line the last couple of weeks has been, if they can find a way to inflict pain on you, they will. Calvin Ridley drops a touchdown in the end zone. At least they would have covered 14. At least I would have made some money on them, even though they suck or losing. He couldn't do that. They're favored to beat the Panthers this weekend. They won't do that. They're 0-3. They've, they're, they're the only team in the history of the NFL to blow 14-plus point leads in the fourth quarter ever in a season, and they did it in consecutive weeks. I, I just – Ultimately, I, I'm too loyal. Uh, I can't quit them. Uh, I, I, you know, the fun of being a sports fan, I think, is the suffering, not the not the highs. I think the lows is what people live for. Actually, if you really want to get into that, that's a separate conversation for a different podcast. But uh, I, I don't know, man. I, the Falcons are absolutely painful, and I hate them so much. But they're a lot like heroin in that when I wake up from them, I realize how bad they are for me. And then every Saturday night, I just bet them all over again. <laughs> What's the take on heroin? <laughs> <laughs> so if the, if the trivia question was what the heroin and the Atlanta Falcons have in common, the answer is a lot. A, a um, lot. Yeah. But, uh, to your, but anyway. Bad for your health, uh, early deaths, lots, lots of things in common. Yeah, I know. So I, I know a lot of the Soliders out there have been uh, waiting to hear kind of our take on on where we're going with the Falcons. I know you're you're bailing, right? You're you're gone. Oh, I never really was. So it's all good. Yeah. I'm, so, I'm, I don't have an NFL team. I'm here for the to get in the green on Sunday, no matter who it is. There we go. Well, let's let's get to it then, dude. Uh, before we dive into football weekend, uh, quickly NBA. I think that the series is done. I think the Lakers will win Friday night, and that's all the NBA talk. Moving on to golf, you got some golf for <laughs> the weekend? 
Yeah, so actually, you know, I think that this is actually kind of a cool time to be betting on golf. I think that if you pay attention early in the week, and this is obviously, you know, you and I are kind of new to all this stuff anyway, but I'm learning a lot. And something I've learned is I think that these odds makers sleep a little bit on some of these early in the week lines, but they adjust quickly to who's getting bet by the sharp guys on, you know, Sunday afternoon, Monday. And so I think if you pay attention to some of these early lines, you can actually get some serious value because I think they're so distracted by everything going on with baseball, basketball, especially football right now, that they just throw odds up. But uh, this week, the Shriners Hospital for Children, it's at TPC Summerlin in Las Vegas. They're actually going to be out there for a couple weeks. Kind of cool. The CJ Cup got moved from Korea to Shadow Creek, so that's going to be cool next week. Kind of a limited field. Uh, but this week, you know, it's actually a really nice field. Bryson DeChambeau, obviously, is coming back. After his U.S. Open win, he's trying to be happy Gilmore is what he said, hit it over the driving range and all this stuff. Um, but I actually found some nice value early in the week. I actually got Jason Day at 50-1, to 1, which I think is insane that a guy who's won a major would be 50-1 to 1 in a tournament that's kind of a weaker field. Also got Matthew Wolf at 25-1. to 1. These are outright bets. Um, a couple of my longer shots that I really like, I got Denny McCarthy. He rolled it really nice last week in Mississippi. I think his ball striking's coming around. He's always one of the best putters on tour. I was reading some of Jason Sobel stuff earlier this week, and he thinks this is just going to be a putting contest. It's not that difficult of a course tee to green, and so it's really going to be who can putt, who can make a lot of birdies. I think Denny McCarthy is that guy. Um, also, like Emiliano Grio, I got him at 100-1. to 1. Uh, I'm riding Christopher Ventura again at 100 to 1. He played well in Mississippi last week. Uh, and then probably my favorite bet of the week this week is Maverick McNeely. Uh, the dude led the field in birdies last week uh, at uh, Sanderson. Um, he is one of the best putters on the PGA Tour, and his ball striking has been phenomenal. Um, I got him at 150 to 1, and I actually went pretty heavy on him. Bet him to win top 5, 10, and 20. Um, and then a couple other props. I took Snedeker, Ventura, Grio, Doc Redman, and Denny McCarthy, all five, top five, 10, and 20. Um, but, you know, I think if you had to nail me down and say who would be the two outrights I would take if you could, you're not going to get Jason Day at 50 to 1 anymore. He's last time I checked around 25 or 30 to 1. Um, but I really like Matthew Wolf at 25 to 1. I think he's a nice pick. I think DeShambo could realistically win the tournament, but I think it, you know, when you're talking plus 650, I think I saw last time, that's just, you're just not getting any value in a field where your winner might be 150 to one. So I really like Jason Day. I really like Denny McCarthy. I really like Grio, and I really like uh, Maverick McNeely this week. So uh, that's our picks for golf. Uh, you know, we're not throwing a whole lot out there on it. We're, um, you know, another side note for the Vestavia guy, Smiley Kaufman, back in the field this week. Wow. Uh, so, I threw I threw a little shekel on him to finish in the top 20 just to see if he can make the damn cut. But if that dainty risk can hold up his. You better off throwing but, up uh, more money in the ocean. Yeah, Smiley Kaufman. Better off betting on the Jets probably than yeah, Smiley Kaufman. Right. But, uh, but a little, little shout-out for the Vestavia boys. So, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a fun week. And, I think the, the golf sweat is cool, man. It's like, you know, it gives you – it's four days of betting. You don't have to bet a lot. You can get – you can bet a dollar, and if your guy wins, you make 150. I mean, it's kind of fun. Um, but uh, I think Maverick McNeely is going to be my big long shot pick of the week. Good call. Good call. All right, time to dive into this football. You want to crank out NFL first or go to college? Let's go college. Saturday college before Sunday. Football. You got that right. So – uh, Saturday, we got some big matchups before I think the Big Ten kicks off in a week from – no, two weeks, excuse me, two weeks from Saturday. So, uh, we do have some some interesting matchups coming up this weekend. Uh, 
uh, one of the one that's kind of I want to dive into this one first. That's kind of lost its luster after the past two weeks is the River River Red River Shootout, uh, Texas and Oklahoma. Right now, Oklahoma's sitting at two and a half point favorite. Uh, we both were invested last weekend in the Oklahoma Iowa State game, and as well as Texas TCU. And my initial thoughts, man, is uh, yes. Radler is young, and he has some inexperience, and he's got some growing pains to go through. But I think that uh, that Oklahoma offense will find a way to get it done with a against a terrible, terrible Texas defense. Uh, they are they are hard to watch. And first off, that game last week, TCU and Texas was hard to watch to begin with. I think there were like 15 penalties in the first quarter, which is ridiculous. And so it was a, it was a poorly coached game. Uh, and then I think their defense is going to get run up and down on. And I, I just – I think right now the that's more important than having a uh, seasoned guy like Texas has a quarterback. Uh, so I'm actually probably going to be rolling with Oklahoma on the money line just because I think it's a, uh, minus 125, 130th, which is not a bad price to get them. Just, just so you make sure that – because you know, this game's always close. Uh, but I think I'm going to roll with, roll with that and possibly look at the over uh, just because both these defenses can't stop anybody. So – I think the over over under is sitting roughly. You may have it pulled up. I got it at seventy two. I got it seventy two. So I mean, you're looking at. I could see a, a game like a 41, uh, 41 35 ish game. I was about to say easy. yeah, forty one thirty eight. I think easy, is what I, I got like it that. at. So I think those those are two. I'm for sure going to grab Oklahoma money line, but uh, possibly take the over. Anything with you? Yeah, well, I mean, I think you hit the most important points right, which is. Texas's, and I think I mentioned this earlier, Texas's game plan seems to be play shit defense and hope Sam Ellinger can score 45 points, right? Yeah. Well, the problem is that they're going to play a team who can score 49 points. And, I mean, I think that, you know, the bigger thing with Rattler that you mentioned is the last three years, and I know Stephen Bear and another other, uh, you know, I heard this on the radio yesterday on v but, you know, the last three years, Oklahoma has had a guy come in at quarterback who is seasoned, right? I mean, yeah. Jalen Hurts has played in a national championship. Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray had played in big games. You know, this Spencer Rattler kid is like two years out of high school. I mean, he looks like a uh, – I don't even know how to describe him. He's one of the most bizarre-looking humans I've ever seen. But he's, you know, he he's young and he's green. And I think he probably learned so much from that Iowa State game and is talented – as he is, and from what I've heard, as mature as he is as a football player, I think he's going to learn a lot and carry that into the game this week. Obviously, the fact that that stadium is not going to be full is going to be a huge uh, benefit for him. You know, I think it would help Ellinger probably more if it was full um, with a little bit of nerves going on in his first Red River shootout. But I, I think you hit on all the high points, which is you know what you're getting with Oklahoma, right? Uh, Texas, you have no idea how bad that defense could be. They could give up 56 points, so you really don't know. What I'm probably going to end up doing is taking the over. Um, I may try to get it today, actually, before it comes off of 72 so we get the hook in case it's there. Um, and then I think there is a lot of value with Oklahoma on the money line. One thing I did want to kind of go over today, especially for people who are listening who may not be as familiar with some of the terms, I think this is actually because of all the high scoring, I think this is a really good shot to play a middle, right? So what a middle means is say you were to take Oklahoma money line and then Oklahoma comes out and goes up 14 to nothing. Well, Texas can still score. So unless you literally think that Oklahoma is going to win by 14 points, then what you do is you come back live and you take Texas, and then you just hope that you finish somewhere in between Oklahoma winning and Texas covering, and you try to win both bets. I know we do that a lot. Uh, our buddy uh, PD's had some issues hitting the middle recently. 
but I, th I still think it's a sound strategy. So I think what I'll do is take the over, probably tell you take Oklahoma on the money line, and then hope they score a couple early touchdowns and then maybe take Texas live. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Uh, moving on, next matchup. Uh, Vitek, the Hokies, taking on uh, the Tar Heels in North Carolina. Last year they went to six overtimes in Blacksburg. Um, this year I don't see that happening. But right now it opened up at five and a half. It's crept down to uh, Virginia Tech being a four-point underdog. Um, what Virginia Tech has done here recently is quite remarkable how they're – I mean, I know they're only 2-0 and and they beat Duke and NC State. But last week to be down six defensive backs and they're still going to – they still went – playing with a bunch of freshmen who have never played before. And uh, Duke's not a freaking – Duke's not going to like Alabama or anything like that. But – they're still a college offense. They can still throw it around, but you're playing with brand new guys in the back end, and Virginia Tech's been able to go 2-0. Uh, I think people are jumping on the Virginia Tech bandwagon right now when you see potentially they, how good they could be. And I think UNC, you bet you bet Boston College last week on the money line against US, UNC, and I think that me personally, I'm sure you feel the same way. I thought Boston College uh, should have ended up winning that game. UNC, I think they've underperformed a, gr uh, a great deal, and Matt Brown's called his guys out for it. So – um, it's tough right now. I'll probably end up taking Botech on the money line as well and then put a little bit on the money line, take them before it gets to a field goal because it's crept down a point and a half already. I can see it getting to about three around kickoff on Saturday morning. So I'll probably end up taking the Hokies at plus, plus four as well as on the money line. Anything with you? Yeah, actually, I got this thing like first thing Monday morning. I got six and a half on the Hokies. And so I already took the points. Um, but I, I'm with you. I, I may Again, I may do that today. If it looks like the public money is going to start coming in tomorrow and the next day on Virginia Tech, I'll probably try to grab them on the money line because I, I th I'm with you. I think North Carolina has underachieved. Uh, I, I haven't heard anything. I don't know if you have about Virginia Tech's actually going to have all those guys back. Also, well, I think they are going to have – I think they are going to finally have – and that's why Hendon Hooker didn't play last week because he just wasn't familiar with it. He hadn't had enough practice time. But I think they will have their D.C. back who's been out the past two weeks. So, I think that will be a huge get. And I also think it's – and that's kind of why I like – I think it's great in a normal year to get that early number, but it's so crazy now. You can get news on Friday and Saturday morning about guys being out. So, it's one of those things you really just don't know. And I've kind of taken the whole wait-and-see approach to things just because you find yourself in a bad number and then you come out, you see guys are going to miss the game. But uh, we've seen that sometimes it really has no impact. True. So, um, we'll both be pulling for uh, the Tech Hokies. This upcoming Saturday. Next matchup, uh, we'll, we won't do it last because we don't want to sound like a bunch of homers, but Alabama playing Mississippi. Uh, Saturday night, game got moved to 6.30 to avoid the hurricane Delta that's coming through the state of Mississippi uh, Saturday. Uh, right now, the Tide's sitting at a 24-point favorite. Uh, Over-under has jumped so much. I think it opened up at like 79, 78-ish. It's mm -hmm. gone down to 69. I think it's crowned back up to 70. I think it'll end up going back up because I think the rain's supposed to stop towards the later end of the day. But honestly, yep. I don't think rain's going to be a big, it, as big issue as people realize it will be. I think they're maybe taking into account uh, the wind possibly or something like that. But Lance Taylor on the roundtable here in Birmingham this morning, he was like, don't call me ignorant, but isn't it just supposed to be a bunch of rain? And Because people were, like, batting down the hatches thinking it's a big deal, and it's like, mm -hmm. I haven't heard anything but a bunch of rain and wind. So I don't think that will have a huge effect. So I could see – I've seen a lot of people take the um, Alabama's team total, which would probably be around 49-ish, taking that over, which I could definitely see them put, posting that easy. Um, I'll probably end up grabbing the over in this game. I may look for a live number just because, for some reason, Alabama always comes out slow 
against Ole Miss. It seems like the past three, four years, they always come out in the first two drives, they just kind of seem half asleep. And then uh, maybe Ole Miss gets one early. I think it was a few years ago we sat there and Ole Miss got up 7 nothing that bomb past Alabama. It played in Oxford. And I think the live number for Alabama was sitting at 14. And we just put a little bit on it. I think Alabama ended up by what went in by like 50 or something like that. We, we mm-hmm. told ourselves it should have been one of those mortgage bets. Uh, but that may be a good strategy this, this upcoming weekend. Uh, I just don't think weather will be as big a factor as people make it out to be. Well, I'll tell you, I, I didn't have much of a take on this game yet. Uh, I think you probably sold me, at least on the over in the Alabama team total, uh, because I, I just did, was going to wait and see what the weather was going to do. Um, the, other, the other angle on this that I had was Alabama first half. Um, so I was kind of thinking about taking Alabama minus 13 and a half, which is sitting with a little bit of juice, minus 115 right now in my book. Uh, and, and then also playing a minus 16 and a half in the first half, which is a plus 150 right now. Um, so I was kind of leaning that, but, uh, I think you probably convinced me. I'll probably play over as well. I got it at 69 and a half right now. Nice. That's nice. Um, but, uh, yeah, I got it at 69 and a half right now. I'll probably play that. I could easily see this game being, uh, 49 to, you know, 31 or something like that, yeah. uh, 49, 28. Because, uh, you know, Ole Miss is going to score some. Um, so, uh, and I think Alabama even showed at the end of that first half last week, the vo- defense can be a little vulnerable. So, I'll probably end up taking Alabama first half on the team total and the spread and then taking Alabama full game team total and the over. Um, so, I'll kind of transition us to the next one because I feel like we might disagree here a little bit. So, what, what do you got on Florida, Texas A&M? Because I know this is one where a lot of people are going back and forth. I'm interested in what your thoughts are. I'm probably going to take the Gators. Just based – I think – I just am not impressed by A&M. You watch them two weeks in a row, and, uh, of course, we were invested in Alabama last weekend, so we ended up watching most of that first half. And I think A&M put themselves in good spots because Alabama mistakes. Um, and the week before that, they played against a very la- – lackluster Vanderbilt team and Vandy had a shot to win the game. If Vandy had any sort of athlete anywhere, I think Vanderbilt uh, has a shot towards the end to beat A&M. But I think that I think Florida is uh, getting better, better each and every week. I, I, I don't think has Florida covered a spread this this year. Didn't uh, did Ole Miss yes. did Ole Miss yes, backdoor them and did Ole Miss no. and South Carolina backdoor them. No, they uh they covered they covered fourteen. They won thirty fifty one to thirty five by sixteen against Ole Miss. Okay. So they did cover fourteen, but they did not cover uh South Carolina backdoored them and got them. They were minus fifteen point favorites against South Carolina, and they ended up only winning by fourteen. Yeah. Um. I just I think the I think the Gators will be able to pick apart uh that that A and M secondary, and also just I don't see anything that shows any promise from that Texas A&M offense. So I'll probably end up – I need to grab the Gators here before it gets to a touchdown. I think they're sitting about six and a half right now. Yeah, I mean, so here's where I'm at. I think that the line's already climbed from six to seven for Florida. I think that eventually A&M will get the hook. I'm going to disagree with you here a little bit, and here's the only reason I disagree. Uh, Florida did that against an Ole Miss team that absolutely cannot play defense. I mean, we don't exactly know how good Ole Miss is, but we know they can't play defense, right? I mean, hell, they gave up, I don't know, 40-something to Kentucky last week, which, holy hell, you know, when's the last time Kentucky scored 40 points on anybody? That wasn't a high school. Um, And then they did it against South Carolina, which, I mean, you know, maybe we'll see how good South Carolina is, but I can't imagine that South Carolina is within 14 points of – you know, an Alabama or a Georgia. Um, and, and ultimately, dude, 
this is kind of like Jimbo Fisher's last little bit of uh, rope here in, mm-hmm. in College Station, right? I mean, like, if he doesn't do it here, when is he ever going to do it? I mean, like, yeah. how many years – how many years can they keep playing in the Independence Bowl and shit like that with that money he's making and that 110,000-seat stadium down there in College Station? Like, how many years can he keep doing that before they're like, all right, we got to do something different? So, I think that what's going to happen is I think the public's going to come in on Florida. I think a and going to get the hook. I'm going to end up taking it at seven and a half, and I'll probably end up losing. But I will probably end up on A&M before the uh, before kickoff on Saturday. Uh, if you If you want any thoughts on the total – it's sitting at 57 right now. It opened at 57 and a half. Um, 14, 16% of bets uh, are on the under and 41% of the money under. And that already dropped at 57 and a half to 57. Uh, so what I'll probably end up doing is taking the under and Texas A&M plus seven and a hook. And just, then uh, I'll lose. Yeah, you will. Because I just I, – I would rather put my faith in Kyle Trask. <laughs> I'd rather put my faith in Kyle Trask than Kelly Mond. But that's just me personally. I have a feeling we'll be watching towards the end of that game and Kelamon's going to throw a bad interception because it just always seems Kelamon fumbles or does something where you're like, this guy's been a three-year starter and you're going to be like, well, that's my, that's my fault for betting. Thinking A&M was something different than they've been the past three years. So, it's all good. Good point. Good point. Um, what you got next? Uh, let's roll with uh, – we'll go with uh, Tennessee and Georgia. Um, I think it's actually going to be a better matchup than the Auburn-Georgia game was last weekend because I didn't – I watched – we were flipping back and forth between Auburn-Georgia and Iowa State-Oklahoma. But I caught some of it, and, man, that Auburn offense looked bad. But, no, we'll get more of that later, um, which I'm probably going to – we're not going to include Auburn-Arkansas in a marquee matchup of ours, but we'll probably end up taking the Hogs. Uh, I may sprinkle money lines. Well, you know what? Probably the hell not. Uh, but uh, another thing that we should introduce the listeners to is the hashtag AHB, which stands for the Auburn Hate Bet. Which we will be—you <laughs> can be checking our action networks every Saturday morning. There will be an Auburn bet in here if they're playing the school for the deaf and blind, and they're then the spread six points. I will yep. be betting against Auburn every week until I die. You got that right. Anyway, just, anyway, continue. No, I just think that <laughs> I think we're looking at and the biggest thing people have talked about is Georgia overlooking this Tennessee team. Uh, yes, I think Tennessee is a little bit better, but I don't think Georgia's uh, going to flop around like they did at the opening of the Arkansas game. But and Georgia looking to head to Alabama next weekend. Um, but I think the t- it's sitting right now at 12 and a half, uh, and open at 14 and a half. I think a lot, I've seen a lot of money come in on Tennessee. Uh, but you can – this same, same concept uh, that you just took with Florida, who have they beaten? Okay, Ole Miss, and they've beaten – um, South Carolina. Okay, well, Tennessee's beating South Carolina, who South Carolina has – looks like they have zero idea what's going on. And they beat Missouri last week. Um, and Missouri, they look good at times against Alabama, but Missouri's still trying to figure out what's going on. But when you have this Georgia team, and their defense looks like a legit NFL defense, the way they fly around, the way they tackle, the way they, the way they cover, uh, this defense is one of the top ones in the country. I just think it's going to cause problems. I, I – I understand it's almost it's toying with the two touchdown range, but I could see Georgia um, handle this early, and I can honestly see the under being more of a play than actually picking a side. It's forty three is so low for a college game, but man, I could see us sitting in something like a 24, uh, 24 to six game. Or a, I mean, 
31 to 31 to 10, you're still at the under 43. I could just see something along those lines more than a high scoring affair. Even if even if you've got the frat boy playing quarterback for Georgia. Uh, so, I mean, I just think they're going to – it's going to be a ground-and-pound game. Now, granted, Tennessee's got a pretty good offensive line. Both have pretty good offensive lines, so it could be a ball-control game, uh, which makes makes me lead a little more than under anyway. Yeah, so uh, here's, here's my angle on this game. I think that uh, there's actually a system that I follow, which is road dogs in the SEC when there's low totals under 49 actually have like a 60% rate of covering, which is – unbelievable to think about it but I think that that gets outside the realm of what this game is right so why is there a low total is because Georgia has probably the best defense in the country right um why has money been coming in on Tennessee is because Georgia's offense hasn't looked that good and here's where I think you differentiate that is you know the frat boy Stetson Bennett you mentioned that's a quarterback for Georgia he actually looked pretty good against Auburn, right? And I think even in the second against Arkansas, he looked pretty sharp. I think something clicked in that second half against Arkansas. I do not think we're going to see JT Daniels or the other freshman quarterback for Georgia the rest of the year. I think that Kirby is – I was going to say Kirby Smart, so no pun intended. Kirby Smart, he's going to he's gonna understand that you got to give the team to a quarterback. you got to let him be the captain. I think he's going to let – I think after last week, it's Stetson Bennett's team. He reminds me actually a lot of Jake Brom, the way he moves around, the way he throws. He seems like a smart kid. Um, and I think that – I think that Garantano – tends to shoot bid when he gets in these spots where there's a lot of pressure on him. And so what I think is going to happen is that I, I agree with you. I think they're going to choke him out. I don't, I don't see Tennessee scoring 21 points in this game. I do see Georgia scoring 21 points in this game. I see something like you're talking about, maybe 24 to 10 game. Um, and so I think what I'm going to end up doing is probably taking Georgia um, and laying the points here. I'm going to, I'm going to hope that the public keeps pounding Tennessee and maybe this thing comes down from 12 and a half to 11 and a half or something. And then maybe even on the bye, get Georgia to 10. I don't know. We'll see what happens. But uh, I definitely will play the under in this game. This is a little uh, bat signal that should go off for you here. Um, 51% of the tickets are on the under. 25% of the money is on the under. And it's already dropped it from 44 to 43 at most books. Mm-hmm. Anytime, you see tw- anytime you see 25% of the money moving a, a total of full point, heads up, antenna up, bat, bat signal going off. Uh, that's a legit reverse line move. Um, so I'll probably play that under today before it keeps dropping. I, I know a lot of that has to do with the weather. We'll see what's going on with wh- which direction the storm goes because it's a uh, uh, afternoon game. But uh, I like I like Georgia laying the points, and I like the under here. I think we're probably on the same side. Nice. And our uh, our last one, Miami travels up to Clemson, uh, just like the Auburn hate bet. Uh, Clemson hate bet is a real thing too. Uh, you got anything on this matchup? It should hopefully. I just hope it's a good game, which I know that's very fair weather fan. But I'd like somebody to give Clemson a run for their more money and make them play a full four quarters. Yeah, I, my my only angle on this game is this: anybody who watched Clemson play Virginia last week and thinks that that defense can stop Miami enough times for them to win by three scores, somebody please email me Corey Smith six two one at gmail dot com and give me your argument as to how in the world Clemson is good enough on defense to stop that team five or six times so that Clemson can score and win by three possessions. I just don't see it. I I, I don't – I mean, I don't know – I think Clemson will probably win the game, uh, unfortunately, although I will have my hashtag CHB money line bet in on Miami. You can bet your ass. I already got 14 and a half, uh, so I'm taking the points with Miami as well. 
Uh, I think the over is probably a small play here because I don't think either team can stop either team. I don't even know what the total is, but take the over. Um, and uh, I think that this is going to be a really fun game to watch. Again, like I said, ultimately, I think the Dabo has kept it really tapioca and vanilla and, and kept a lot in the bag waiting for this game the last couple weeks. But, again, I don't care how hard they were or were not trying. That defense looked pitiful against Virginia last week. Um, so, I think probably Miami can at least score enough times to keep up with Clemson um, and uh, and keep it, hopefully keep it within two scores. So, I'll be taking Miami with the points and probably the over. You took you took my analysis away from me, so well done. Uh, I'm right there with you. I think the biggest thing, too, will be Miami. Uh, mindset of a college kid towards the end of the first half, maybe the start of the third quarter, keeping it close to where they believe they can actually win the game. So. Um, Agreed. Agreed. Those, I think that those would be your big time matchups. I mean, Alabama Ole Miss is really a big time, but uh, we're we grew up with Alabama, so it's big time to us. And uh, my wife is big Alabama, so it's big time for my sanity. Um, so it's important <laughs> to us. Uh, anything off those? Any other games that you're you're eyeing over the weekend? I know I'll probably end up taking the Cyclones at minus twelve and a half. I think Iowa State's getting together. Uh, I know you probably got some thoughts on Syracuse and Duke. Um, I was just kind of meandering through the, the list, and I'll, I know you're probably going to take BC money line. It's going from uh, six, four to six. Uh, the Eagles are a six point underdog. Um, so, uh, and are you are you on Kentucky this weekend? Uh, you're dang right, I'm on Kentucky. I, yeah, I'm, I'm not. I, 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 <laughs> oh, you're you're you got your pirate flag flying, huh? No, pirate. no pirate. I'm not a pirate flag. I'm just saying I'm not on. I'm, my my Kentucky flag is upside down because that that secondary <laughs> is hot garbage. So no, I'll take my chances with Leach throwing around the field in Lexington all day uh, compared to that trying out that Kentucky offense and defense uh, up and down the field. So no thanks. I'll take the Bulldogs. Yeah, I think we differ a little bit here. I, I don't see uh, I don't see uh, Kentucky going zero three, especially at home against a team that can't play defense. Um, and I think that Kentucky's defense kind of had a wake up call last week against Ole Miss. So I took Kentucky on the money line minus one twenty five. That's a pretty hefty bet for me this week. Um, a couple others I like. I like to stay on the road against Troy. Uh, I, I hate to bet against Troy. You know, that's in my blood. Um, so, I actually – I don't know. I haven't pulled the trigger on this one yet. I actually just look. I lost the hook this morning. It went from – it opened up eight and a half. It pretty quickly dropped to seven and a half. Now it's down to plus seven. So, I may or may not bet on that one. Uh, you are correct in assuming that I'll be betting on Boston College this year. I think that's going to be uh, – I think Boston College in some ways is the new Iowa State. And you know exactly what I'm talking about when I say that, which is the, like, lovable underdog that you just bet blindly and, and watch the game. Uh, but I'll probably hope that BC gets up to plus seven. I'll take them and the money line as well. Um, and then a couple others I like. I kind of want to see if you want to weigh in on. Um, I also have uh, Syracuse plus three against Duke. Uh, my only reasoning for that is I think Duke is terrible. Um, I, I Duke turns it over like crazy. I don't think Chase Price is going to be the quarterback by the end of the year. I think Syracuse is not as bad as people think they are. And I think some of that public perception is kind of pushing that lineup. Uh, S and P has Syracuse winning the game on the field, yeah. and so I took three. I took three points with uh, with Syracuse. Another one I like. I like NC State plus ten as a road dog at Virginia. I think Virginia's kind of set up for a letdown after maybe a moral victory at Clemson. Uh, and then I also have Charlotte, the uh, Miners, going down to Denton to take on the North Texas, uh, whatever the North Texas mean, is. Mean Green. Uh, the Mean Green. Mean green. Uh, as you and I know we have a hate-hate relationship with North uh, Texas. Extremely. Uh, uh, <laughs> they, uh, they have shut down on us so many times. 
Uh, what better time now than to take Wheel Healy going on the road? Charlotte actually has looked pretty good in the games they played. I know they had one against Georgia State get, get shut down because of COVID. North Texas, meanwhile, has looked terrible. Uh, North Texas played, uh, I think, Southern Miss, yeah, who had not won a game yet and gave up 41 points in a game they were favored by three and lost. They also gave up 65 points to SMU and gave up 31 points to Houston Baptist. So uh, I think that this is a game where Charlotte can toss it around, score some points. I don't think North Texas keep, keeps up. Uh, I took Charlotte minus two and a half. I think it's at three now, so you can still get minus three. Um, but that's the other ones I got. I'll, I'll agree with you. I think the Iowa State line will come down. Uh, people looking for a letdown. I don't think they're going to have a letdown. I, I like Iowa State in that one. And uh, maybe have a couple more I'll add and put on Instagram uh, Saturday morning. But I think that's all I got. I was looking at UT San Antonio going on the road to play BYU. I just – eventually BYU is going to not play as well. 35 points is a lot against the 3-1 yeah. team. So, we'll see what happens. But any other ones you like? No, we'll get in the third – we'll get in the Thursday's matchup here before we close out. Uh, I'll probably end up taking a money line parlay. Uh, looking at potentially grabbing Temple because I think Navy's hot smelly garbage. They don't have a quarterback. Uh, and I'll end up taking a TCU money line. They're at minus eight and a half. I don't like the number. But uh, Kansas State's head coach got an extension this, this week. And we all know when a coach gets extension, the team comes out extremely flat. So there's a good – I mean, there's a good chance TCU, I think, wins that game next week or Saturday against Kansas State by two touchdowns. But I'll probably end up just dumping them in my parlay with Temple. Uh, see what we can get cooking. Uh, I'll probably end up throwing Charlotte money line in there as well. Uh, so, Love that. That's so, a great angle. Yeah. Hey, we'll just see what we get. Uh, moving on to Sunday, the dreaded day where we, we reassess our gambling lives. Um, any get matchups Sunday that just kind of – the slate looks awful. The Buffalo Bills and the Tennessee <laughs> Titans might not even play. That's a mess. Uh, now you've got players in the NFL saying the Tennessee Titans should have to forfeit because they are, they're all screwing around getting COVID. And apparently it's come out that now players will get game checks if the game gets canceled or postponed or something like that. So now we're talking about guys getting paid. And it's a big whopping mess in Nashville. Uh, so that should be fun to keep our eyes on the next few days. Uh, the only ones I really kind of number-wise popped out at me is I'll probably end up taking Vegas at plus 12. KC had a kind of let down match game against the Patriots uh, was Thursday, no, Monday night. Uh, but I, Vegas, I think, will can get in the number. And then I'll probably end up taking the Pittsburgh-Philadelphia under 44-and-a-half. I just think their offense is very lethargic. Philadelphia is still throwing to a bunch of traffic cones. Uh, we'll just see. And maybe I'll, I'll end up taking uh, maybe a little bit of the Seahawks. I think the, the Vikings are frauds. Uh, Seahawks play great at home. I know they don't have a home field advantage. Uh, with the crowd, but I think it's a touchdown right now. I can see a little bit maybe toy with it. If it gets to six and a half, I'll grab the Seahawks. Anything jump out at you uh, on Sunday? Uh, first off, I love the Seahawks pick. Uh, that was going to be the one I was going to lead with. The line opened at nine. Uh, somehow 97% of the money, 50% of the bets are on Minnesota right now, which I know looks like that it's like, uh, you know, we talk about this sometimes, is that a head fake? I think that may be people throwing money on Minnesota early to make it look sharp to drop the line because I don't see anybody who thinks Minnesota is going on the road and keeping it within seven points of Seattle, uh, especially after Seattle coming off a little bit of a letdown last week. So, early in the week because a lot of the Joe Blows are not betting, you know, on Monday and Tuesday on the NFL. 
Um, I actually think most people like Seattle. I can see this climbing back up before kickoffs. So I like Seattle minus seven. I like it a lot. I also like the Pittsburgh Philly under. I think that's a nice play. Uh, I may take 50 plus seven in this game. I think Philly may have woken up on the road against San Francisco. That they've been underachieving for a few weeks. Um, another one I really like is uh, I, I really like the Rams minus seven and a half at the Redskins. I'll probably buy the hook here and, and pay some juice. But I mean, I, in what world does a quarterback change from Dwayne Haskins to Kyle Allen move the line two points? Like, yeah. that's clearly an overreaction. If they're 10 points, if, if, if the Rams are 10 points better than Redskins, they're still 10 points better than the Redskins with Allen at quarterback, certainly. Um, and then, you know, the, I think it, a lot of that has to do with concerns over LA's travel stuff. It just doesn't seem to matter that much anymore. Um, I will also be betting heavily on the Cardinals minus seven against the Jets because Flacco's back and he is not elite. Um, if we are going to talk about totals, probably my favorite total of the week is tonight. I like the under 45 in the Tampa-Chicago game. Uh, Chicago's offense to this point has shown me nothing to make me think that they're going to score 24 points on a really good defense in Tampa. And Tom Brady is right back to his New England days where he's literally throwing it to third-string D2 wide receivers. Yep. Everybody's out. Godwin's out. Uh, it sounds like Mike Evans is going to play. He's banged up. O.J. Howard's out with an Achilles. Leonard Fournette's out. Everybody's out. I could submit these being a classic Thursday night ground and pound game. I took the first half under and the full game under. Um, but uh, that's some I like. I also think Cincinnati is an interesting road dog against Baltimore. There's a another thought about, you know, road divisional dogs early in the year versus late in the year. Um, and so I think Cincinnati's probably going to get two touchdowns and a hook. I like that play. And also, if you like money and you like winning it, just bet on the Panthers plus one, take the money line. They're going to beat the Falcons on Sunday. Uh, the Falcons will be 0-5. Hopefully they'll fire the coach. But uh, that's I, I know we were going to talk about this before. If you had to take four teams and throw them in a teaser, I'll, I'll even let you put I'll even let you put totals in there. Yeah. Four a four game teaser for Sunday. What are you playing? Four game teaser. I'm gonna put First you on the spot. Off, as I meander through the the, I'll probably I'd throw in there Vegas. I'd throw in there Arizona. We talking six point teaser, ten point. Uh, let's talk uh six point teaser. Yeah, six point. Okay, Arizona. Vegas, um, Houston, because I think Houston with a new coach, they'll figure it out. And they're playing totally the, Jag, the Jags. Um, man, Dallas looks tempting, but they can't stop them. They can't stop anybody. Um, I'll probably take the Browns, take, tease it up to about plus – it tees up to plus seven and a half. Um, so, Browns plus seven and a half. Houston to minus one. Arizona to – Excuse me, Houston is a pick, Arizona to minus one, and Vegas to plus 18. What's yours? I like it. I like it. I, 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 I actually like tailing you on the thought. If, if you think you're going to tease Seattle, Houston, and the Cardinals all from minus seven to minus one, let's just play a money line parlay. Yeah. Cardinals, Texans, uh, Seattle. I think that actually would pay out nicer, but we'll see what happens there. I think if I had to throw some teams in a, uh, I think if I had to throw some teams in a teaser, I think I'd probably throw the Bengals in there, tease them up to if I could get uh, the key number of 21, I'd like to tease them up to 21. Uh, I think I would also throw maybe the Eagles in there, tease them up from plus seven. I like to play seven point teasers. You get a little more, you got to pay a little more juice, but I think it feels safer. You cross more key numbers with seven. 
if I could tease the Eagles to 14. Uh, I really like teasing the Cardinals and the Seahawks down. I also love the Texans this week. I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, so it's looking like it might be a classic uh, Smith Sunday morning yep. 16 teaser for me. Uh, but good. And then I also think I am seriously going to play that money line parlay if anybody else is interested, Seahawks, Texans, and Cardinals this week. I think that could pay out pretty nice. Uh, but that's all I got for the NFL, and uh, we'll just see how many units we lose. That's, hey, if we can end up even, that's a good Sunday. Um, before, we, before we get out of here, uh, the Houston Cougars make their return after getting almost five football games canceled. The Houston Cougars take on the Tulane Green Wave this evening, uh, Thursday. I think uh, we're both on the Cougars. I think we both got them at six and a half. Uh, my thought process is this. Tulane is not very good. They lost to a very bad Navy team. And Houston is so ready to get on the field. Uh, I think they're going to bring it from the opening kickoff. Uh, as, as my high school coach, Buddy Anderson, said, Houston's going to carry the fight to Tulane from the opening kickoff from the first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter, until the final whistle. So uh, that's why I'm rolling with uh, Dana, Dana Holgerson's Cougars this evening. I, I think it's smart. I think it's been a uh, – you know, I think people are – interestingly, uh, shout out to the, the GPS uh, investment team. I think we were probably some of the first people to discover this trend of the teams that haven't played yet tend to do – better at least early in games against teams that have played because they have tape on them and you have no idea what to expect from the other teams right I mean it's kind of created this little bit of unbalance Houston is sitting in that spot I think it's a nice spot the rest of the year Houston is sitting in that spot right now obviously they haven't played yet uh Tulane there's a lot of shitty tape on them they've given up a lot of points to a lot of people that collapse against Navy was epic uh in the in the best way for me and the worst way for you um, but uh, I like Houston minus six and a half. I got it. I think it may be a backup to seven now. Um, some money coming in on Houston late. But uh, I like Houston minus six and a half tonight. I also like that under. I think 60 or 60 and a half, whatever it's at right now, is probably a little too high. Um, but, again, Tulane gives up a lot of points. So, maybe I'm on the wrong side here. But I took Houston minus six and a half. And I, in classic form, I played a little Thursday night teaser. I took the, uh, the Bucks bears under the Houston under and tease Houston down to uh, minus 0.5. Uh, and so that's going to be my play tonight in Houston. Um, and uh, that's going to be a interesting Thursday night with some baseball time. Yeah, we'll just see. It should be a lot of fun. Uh, you got anything else before we get out of here? Uh, all I can say is uh, go Braves. Hope Kyle Wright comes out dealing. And uh, hopefully we're still talking about Braves baseball this time next week, dude. Should sound a lot of fun before we get out of here. Always remember, life is like a sandwich. No matter which way you flip it, the bread comes first. Doctor, my eyes have seen the years and the slow parade of fears without crying. Now I want to understand. I have done all. I've been waiting to awaken 
Yeah. 